Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of the Perfect Par podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be just going over what's happened in the past month and a half. Neither Landry nor I expected to take this long of a break, but things got away from us. School started back. It's been a little crazy, but we're going to uh, start back and hopefully start releasing episodes weekly or at worst bi-weekly. But we're going to be going over the state of our game, what's happened since last episode, our upcoming events, Landry's high school season, and then we're going to be taking a look at Dustin Johnson as a player spotlight. This episode is brought to you by Velocity Strategy Solutions. Velocity Strategy Solutions is a business management consulting firm helping leaders take their ideas from mind to market. The company is the innovative creator and champion of business growth architecture, which provides clients with a relentless focus on data, execution, and results that positively impact the bottom line. Velocity's proven experience helps leaders bridge the gap between ideas, innovation, and revenue. My name is Carter Straup. As always, I'm joined by Landry Hampton, and it's been a while since we've been on here. Uh, it's been a little too long, but so we figured this episode could just be a good time to give everybody an update on how our games are and take a look at what's happened a little bit in the past month and a half. So Landry, what's been going on with you in high school? It's been pretty very busy for me, uh, especially involving school and high, and, uh, high school golf. So basically, um, I'm in my sophomore season now as a Greenbrier High Schooler, and we have a pretty stacked team, and we are undefeated as of now. We've played, I think, 10, at, 10 or more matches, um, and we've beaten every single person at least by 50 shots except Hendersonville High School. They have quite possibly the biggest competition for us. Um, it's been a pretty ruckus year. Uh, for me so far, especially involved in my school, since we have about three matches a, a week, and and I barely even have any time to study or or do homework. I'm basically doing homework past ten o'clock at night or eleven o'clock at night, so it's been pretty ruckus. Um, but basically, it's been pretty fun. Um, I've been struggled some matches. I've been playing good some matches, and I guess in between most of the time, but. Like I said, it's been a pretty good year, and we and we have a very good shot to win districts and regions, and I'm really excited to see how that turns out. Yeah, you mentioned having some um, ups and downs. So what are some things you've learned so far from this season? Well, so one of the things I've learned so far this season is um, how consistent I can be on greens and how consistent I can actually be out there on the course. As we all know, especially since we're moving back a T now, um, Distance matters more than ever, and as, as we've talked about in the podcast where I've mentioned it, I'm not a distance guy. I'm not, I'm not hitting any distance. Carter, what much. distance are you playing from? Um, I'm playing from white tees, but now most matches, we're going to remove back to back tees. Um, so about at, at Legacy, the back tees at the Legacy Golf Course, which is our home course, and Greenbrier High School's home course, blue tees are around 6,800 yards. Like, but that—that's when my short game and my chipping is comes into play, and it's sometimes it's got me through. Sometimes it's let me down. Um, up this past Thursday, I was able to finally get under eighty, or I shot seventy nine for the first time ever in high school golf competition. Shot 
under 80 for the first time. Uh, so that felt pretty good. I felt like my game was back in control, and it's been pretty good um, so far the last few days for me. I've been trying to just not push myself too far, trying to still get ready, especially for another long week since we got three matches the next three days. And so I'm basically going to be um, dealing with homework and basically dealing trying to get my game as well. So I've been trying to just um, not you know, put myself out there too much and not uh, tire myself out. But then again, I want to make sure that my game's at its best before districts and regions um, start. Yeah, so what do you feel like you did differently on that round of 79 that helped you break that uh, 80 barrier, which I know you've been trying to beat for a long time? Yeah, I mean, that's it's always been you know, a thorn that's in my side most of the time. I've always, and I'm asked about, like, Landry, you're good enough to shoot past 80 why don't, or under 80. Why don't you do it? And I'm like, oh, I've been trying. <laughs> but <laughs> basically what what basically what's happened is I'm, I wasn't very consistent on green. So I've always been – um, scared of hitting the ball too far past the hole, you know, because especially on greens like the Legacy and scrim greens we play, um, if you get too careless, you know, the, the greens could come up and bite you when you least expect it. Um, so that day, basically, um, we didn't, I didn't hardly have any pressure to, since I was just playing with my teammates since we played making or not, not making, uh, making County and Mount Juliet, which basically had one player. So we were basically, basically playing with my teammates. Um, so basically the, the thing was just go out there and just have fun. Don't force anything, but don't, you know, don't try to just lay back and expect anything to come to you. Just let the swing the club, but don't, again, don't force anything. If, if it gets, if it's going to get you, um, messed up. So basically what I, what I did that day was just focused on hitting fairways and greens that, and just trying to get the ball to the hole. That was my main main goal and I did that I struggled putting the first few days it's been it was a I mean the first few holes it was a rough uh few putts for me I couldn't get the ball to the hole I was still trying to get the speed of the greens which basically it's very hard for me because I barely even played that course so it was one of the tough tough things for me and then I finally decided you know what just just try to get the ball to the hole see what happens so I tried a thing if you see it on tour, where they have some, they track putts, or, they, or if they have like the speed of the putts, if it if they play the break, or they expect the speed of the putt, and it just hit it, but hit it and force it into the hole. So that's basically what I tried to do: is try to pick out a line and make sure just keep it on that line, especially and keep the um, distance of the stroke as well to um, have what needs to get into the hole. And I basically did that, and that worked out extremely perfectly. Um, my wedges were very key for me, especially coming down on that back nine. I was able to get some within three feet, maybe, uh, for par. I had about 48 yards for my third shot on the first hole because I had to punch out because of a bad tee shot. And I hit up there to about five feet and made the par. Um, and then on the last hole, I was able to hit a punch shot out from a three wood from a, with a three wood off a bad drive. And then I was able to hit a nine iron up to twenty four feet, and before, and before I got to the green, I was like, "Well, maybe I have a chance at making this." And so, I reached down there and I did the exact same thing. I tried to point out if I want to play the break or I just want to keep it in the hole. So I decided, okay, just in case, put it up there about two inches to the left, just to make sure. And then I hit it, and all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden it goes uphill and it started decreasing speed and all of a sudden wins the hole. So that was the putt that ultimately had had 79 in it and that and I actually nailed it. So that felt pretty good, especially when I found out what I shot. It's been a uh, and I was very excited, very excited. But then again, I was like, well, it wasn't 72. So that's uh well, but still, I mean, you set goals and you try and beat them and breaking 80 in a tournament. It, it's it's hard to do. Um, I don't believe I've done it in a tournament this year. No, I mean, I haven't been able to play that many, but I've gotten close, but I haven't done it this year yet. So it's a, it's a big deal. So you mentioned earlier having a lot of school with golf. So what are some ways you try and manage or? Right. Um, so basically what I usually do is no, because I go to school and, and, uh, so what I usually do is basically stay in touch with my teachers 24 seven, just to make sure that I have all the assignments. And I know, uh, I know that's pretty pissy for me, especially with all the matches I have. Um, I'm usually missing three days of school now. Um, or, or the last, like I have four blocks and I'm missing two of those. And one of those is Spanish, which I do not want to have next year. So I hope I pass. <laughs> um, basically well, what I usually do, is uh, check my assignments, check my computer, check my laptop every single day. And sometimes when I have quizzes or tests, especially since they're all on Friday, I have to stay up past 10 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock um, at night just trying to get things done. And I don't like things being late. And well, fortunately, that's affecting my sleep, and I barely even get probably, I don't know, six and, six and a half hours of sleep. And it's been very ruckus for me um but then again it's all part of the process it's about what's what's about what's it's about being a student athlete that's that's part of it and i'm I'm gonna be pretty busy this week as well i have three matches this week like i said so i have to and um just it's gonna be a pretty ruckus few more weeks but when the season's all over i'll be it'll be a sigh of relief not because i don't want to play um high school golf anymore it's just i finally can finally you know, keep track of my homework, keep track of the hours I sleep, and keep track of the um, the hours that uh, I need to, you know, keep my grades up and everything else. Yeah. So, are there any uh, certain pieces of software that you use to help keep things in track, like a, a calendar software or a, uh, a to do or planning software? Well, what I usually do is is I have um, the Office three sixty five thing on my um, on my laptop. And I usually use that, and I have mail, and then I have all my teachers, and I have all uh, my students uh, or the students in my classroom because just in case I need to check or uh, catch up on what we've missed, or they can email it to me or tell us what we did. That way, I can um, do that, um, and it's helped. It's worked out. Look, I have had some students that have actually done that for me, and then I usually, like I said, just check in with my teachers, whether email or in person, twenty four seven. Um, I usually use Outlook or Mail on Office 365, or I use Teams now, which is one of the best, uh, one of the main ones we use now. And it's that's basically it, really. Yeah, so for me, even though I am homeschooled, still doesn't mean I have a lack of work. Total, I, I have, so my homeschooling isn't what most people think it is. Most people think it's my parents teach me, which is not true. Um, I actually watch recorded lectures from an actual school. So it's very similar to online college where you you just have a certain number of lectures or lessons 
that you have to watch for the day. And then basically everything else is you studying and doing reports. Landry has a little bit more, but I still need to manage my time. And I generally use, I use a lot of stuff from Office 365. So they have a application called Planner, which is where I put in all of my easy to do tasks. So I put in my homework there, put in what I need to study, and you can set due dates and assign it uh, and organize it very well, which that helps me stay organized on what I need to do that day in order of importance. Um, I use a calendar to set all of my quiz dates, test dates, due dates, exam dates, all that. So I can just view that right there. I use a software called Anki Flashcards. Um, You can get it on the phone and uh, laptop. But basically what it does is is it allows you to, I mean, it's it's flashcards. So it allows you to put a term and definition in and it uses some AI to determine how quickly you can answer it and if you can answer it correctly, uh, how often to display that term for you, which I find extremely helpful. And then finally, I use an Excel sheet and uh, Google Docs or Word to uh, keep notes from each lecture, keep those organized so I can always go back and review those. Um, Those are some things that have definitely helped me. School's hard, but no, it's part of it. It's you just got to deal with it and learning things that w- work for you help a lot. So if you remember from last podcast and if you follow me on Instagram or my blog or anywhere, you'll know that I had an injury, kind of a crazy injury, woke up with it, became worse in the middle of a tournament, had to withdraw from that tournament. Um, the first things they thought it was was going to be appendicitis or a hernia, neither of those. And basically for eight weeks, nobody had any idea what it was. I underwent an ultrasound, CT scan, MRI, x-ray, and saw multiple doctors and nobody could quite figure out what it was. So after eight weeks, we kind of decided, you know what, let's, let's try some type of physical therapy thing. So I started going to my, who is my trainer now, uh, Jillian Keeler from Innsworth High School in Nashville. And after a few sessions with her, she recommended I go to a chiropractor to try and get a few of my uh, vertebra columns back in line. They were a little out of line. So I went to a chiropractor and they asked what I was having issues with. I told them about my right lower quadrant pain, and for some some crazy miracle reason, this guy had experienced the exact same injury, and he knew exactly what it was. He, start, he pressed and worked around on a muscle called the iliopsoas muscle, which the psoas muscle runs all the way from your mid-lower back uh, all the way almost into your uh, feet, uh, your leg. And um, the iliopsoas, it's a part of the muscle that's right, right in your right lower quadrant, really. And so he pressed around on it, tried to loosen it up. It hurt like crap. It was quite a painful experience. But about two, three hours later, I was pain-free for the first time in eight weeks, which was quite incredible. 
Now, um, as much as I wanted to, I didn't go right back out and start playing golf again. I knew I needed to slowly work my way up so it didn't happen again. Um, so I continued going to my trainer, um, doing tons of stretches and certain strengthening exercises. And I'm doing stretches to this day and probably will never stop doing strengthening exercises to help prevent it from coming back. Uh, I purchased a whoop strap, which if you're a fitness enthusiast, you probably already know about it. But uh, a lot of PGA Tour players wear it. But basically, it just tells you how recovered your body is. Um, It gives you data so you know what days you can push it and go walk 18 holes, do a HIIT workout, and do strength training or what days you just need to either not do anything, just walk and play nine holes. And it allows you, it, it helps you not get as injured as frequently. But, um, so I slowly started going back in. I started playing nine holes on a cart. Uh, I guess that was a week ago, a week or two ago. Um, I played one nine hole round on a cart. I started hitting very limited balls on the range. Um, I worked my way up to now where, I'm pretty much at 100%. Uh, I still haven't walked 9 or 18 holes. I will soon. I will this weekend with my upcoming tournament. But that shouldn't be a problem at all. I'm back to uh, completely healthy now, which is great. Um, but it, it was crazy how for 8 weeks nobody thought to think of a tight muscle. It's, it's quite a strange thing. Luckily it hasn't come back yet been able to keep it away um we're not 100 percent sure exactly what caused it according to the chiropractor who loosened it up it could have been tightening for upwards of 10 years uh which is quite crazy but if it was golf induced it was probably because um i was swinging quite a flat back swing at the time and that was causing some extra uh right side bend which you really when you have too much right side bend, your body just doesn't like that position. So it starts to put strain on muscles it shouldn't. And that one swing might have just put strain on the psoas muscle for some reason and caused it to tighten up. But I have since steep in my backswing, so the swing shouldn't cause it. Uh, I feel good, feel great, uh, ready to start playing tournaments again. Unfortunately, it uh, made me withdraw from eight events total, I think, which sucks but you know what I'm able to come out of the other side it was a good it it was a break uh, a break I didn't want to take but it was probably a break that was good for me um good for me to take a a, I didn't take a break I took I took a break from playing golf I didn't take a break from golf of course I still watched it and kept up with it and everything I worked a lot on chipping and putting but now I think I'm to a good spot and ready to start competing again So, uh, next weekend, Landry and I are both playing in a Southern States Junior Classics tournament at Two Rivers Golf Course in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Looking forward to it. Uh, It's actually being played on my birthday and the day after. Um, Landry and I, I was able to request uh, that Landry and I be in the same tee time, and we will be, which will be extremely fun. Um, Two Rivers is a golf course that... I love, um, I've played countless tournaments there. I've played tons of rounds. I absolutely love the course. I think, I'm sure Landry does too. But 
in preparation for it, yes, uh, yeah, yesterday afternoon, he and I played a practice round there. And so talk about how that went and what we're working on this week to improve for the tournament. So Landry, what was your perception on how you played? Uh, I felt like I played pretty well considering I haven't played that course in like at least maybe a year or so, or maybe it's it's been almost a year. Um, but I was very um, into it, and I knew that the greens were – me and Carter, we both hate those greens, but especially they're very good greens, but they're the devil of them all. And basically – my strategy going out there was just don't force, like I said, don't force anything. Let the course come to you. But then again, sometimes you have to, you know, put your foot on that gas pedal and don't stop swinging. So I felt like I did pretty good. I had some swings that got away from me, some putts that I wish just I could have back, some swings I wish I could have back. But I had some very good par putts, had some very good um, ten foot ten footers uh, that I made, and then I had very good drives throughout the entire day. And that's basically what helped me uh, shoot an 86, which is not very good for the um, level that we're going to be playing at. I believe their scores are going to be a lot lower, so I need to keep my get my score lower and keep my accuracy up and actually hit some greens for a while. But like I said, just keep. I had to just my goal is just to keep my putting up and actually work on some chipping. Make sure that my my um. My distance from the hole is actually a lot littler, so that way I can make more putts, and then just keep just swing the club and just have fun. It's basically because this will be my first ever tournament in this uh, type of competition or level of competition, and then just so I'm just out there for the experience, but I'm also out there to show that that I do belong. So that's one of my uh, goals for that tournament. Yeah. So uh, I thought Landry, I thought you played great yesterday you had a few uh i mean really i you, you didn't hit any balls out of bounds i don't recall and those greens they are tough if you don't put the ball in the right position you you're you're screwed like those greens they're fast they break and they're bermuda so they're really grainy so the downhill putts just do not stop because they're most of the time they're down grain for me uh, it had been a while since I played Two Rivers, even though I've played so many tournaments there. It had been almost a year since I played there last. And um, it hadn't changed too much. You know, I hit my driver okay throughout the day. A little inconsistent, a little right, a little left. Uh, didn't didn't hit any balls out of bounds, luckily, though. Um, irons, I didn't hit them well. Uh, I hit I hit them uh, quite, quite a bit fat. Uh... And I, I was hitting them left, but by just go, adding an extra club and aiming a little right, I was able to still hit 13 out of 18 greens. I believe I hit 8 out of 14 fairways. Um, so pretty pretty good stats. I mean, I'm happy with those. Uh, I could have hit the ball itself better, but I was able to keep the stats okay. Um, out of the first five holes, I had three putts inside 12 feet for birdie. And I missed every single one of them, of course, right? Because why, why, why wouldn't I? I mean, you know, it's a birdie putt, um, which was kind of disappointing. But through the front nine, I made a few mistakes um, that I wish I hadn't. They caused me some bogeys, but ended up shooting 39 
on the front nine, went into the back nine, I'm feeling good, you know, I wasn't hitting the ball super solid, but um, I was making it work. And on the back nine, I started to hit my irons a lot more solidly. Um, I'm not 100% sure what I changed, but the ball just started flying better and I started hitting it better. So I actually ended up shooting 38 on the back uh, to shoot a 77, which is all right, especially for how I was hitting the ball on the front nine. Um, Of course, it can be improved. Really, my putting inside of 15 feet, if I would have made a few more putts in there, I could have easily shot 74. But, you know, 77, it'd be, it'll be somewhat competitive this weekend if I manage to shoot that again. Of course, I'm going to aim for lower. But overall, I was pretty happy with how I played. Yeah. Um, Landry, what are, what are your goals for this tournament this weekend? What are your, like, do you have any scoring goals or finish goals? Uh, like I said, you know, just go out there, you know, have fun, get to know the experience. Uh, and also, again, I just I want to show, you know, that, that I can play, especially from a longer distance since we're playing the back tees. Um, but basically, just go out there, have fun, and, you know, just try to shoot in the 70s at least one day or maybe two days. That will probably be a very good goal for me. Um but in order to do that, I gotta putt well. I have to chip well, and I gotta and I gotta drive the ball at least a little farther. That way, I don't have you know six irons, five irons, or seven irons. I have to go with every single one. Maybe I can go with shorter clubs. But like I said, just go out, going out there, having fun, and basically try to sh- try to shoot and put up there a consistent score uh, as be- as best as I can. Yeah. So my goals um, definitely break eighty both days. Like that is my set goal. Because I've I've got to do that to have a chance at winning this, um, and then my goal is of course to win. However, that may be, if I chunk or thin every single shot, oh well. But just I need to adapt to it, and I I feel that I have the ability to to win this tournament. Um, it'll take some work, a little bit of luck, as always. Winning a golf tournament does, but um, I certainly think it's possible, and that's my goal. So, at the day we're recording this, this is uh, Monday, September 7th, and DJ just won Tour Championship and FedEx Cup, and is going home with $15 million, which is crazy, but honestly, looking back at how he played in some of July, I would not have guessed DJ in a million years would win. Um... Actually, now looking at the past month, looking at August, yeah, I definitely say he had a chance because for some reason something just clicked, and he has been firing tons of low rounds. So, Landry, what, what's your opinion on Dustin Johnson, and what do you think he's been doing right? I just think he's been, you know, ever since he he has been shooting those low uh, high rounds, you know, um, he before he started doing this. Um, he was shooting 80, 78, you know, all those high scores. And I basically, I'm a, I'm a big fan of DJ myself. And I, I was like, okay, this guy's totally out of the picture. If he doesn't get low, he's not going to win. Um, basically, and then he won one tournament that, uh, this year, which was the Travelers Championship. And he looked very decent in that. Um, 
And basically, he went through a putter change. He, I think he went from like a big Scotty Cameron or whatever it was. And then he went back to the TaylorMade putter. And he even questioned going why he even went to the Scotty Cameron. He's like, I don't even know. Um, but basically, the main struggle I saw the entire year, um, the first part of the year where he was shooting high low, high scores was his back. He had to withdraw draw from some tournaments. Um, he was missing some cuts. And just he, he had to help his back. And I don't know what the problem was with it, but... I was, and then I, I felt bad for him because he was one of my favorites, and I always wanted to watch him win. And then when he came back, when he came back, I had, I had no idea he was going to be even in the picture. I, I was looking at guys like, um, basically Brendan Todd, um, because he was very getting very consistent. And I was looking at John Rom, um, um, all, all, JT Rory, JT Rory, of course, all those guys, but basically the top dogs on tour. Um, especially Tiger, I wanted him to win, get the 83rd victory. But and I had no idea DJ would spout up. All of a sudden, he started. He, he started going like tied for second at the. I, I think at another one another tournament, and then he won at the Northern Trust. He dominated that tournament in the first round. He shot a 60 at like at 12 under par, one below, one higher than the actual lower lower that day, which was Scotty Scheffler's 59. And then he started making putt after putt after putt every single day. And I thought the ball, the hole was getting wider every single time. And then he ended up cruising to 11-shot victory at 30 under par to win the Northern Trust, which he, he actually became a two-time or three-time winner of that tournament. And since he won that tournament in a playoff against Jordan Spieth in the actual thriller in 2017. And then last week, and basically here's what I thought. I thought JT, uh, DJ was going to win. All three turn all three and win because I just thought it was inevitable because he was actually playing very good, especially leaning into the BMW. And then that last day, I was running from the whole way. He made that putt on eighteen, and I like I was yelling, screaming in my room. I was like, "Okay, we finally get to see John and DJ go at it." Um, I always love those guys when they go at it. And then on that on that playoff hole, yeah, uh, so. Here's what happens. So Dustin, of course, hits in the middle of the green. Uh, he able, he's able to get a break. He hit it left, and he, he bounced from a tree. And then John hit it under just a little bit of a tree. He didn't have a very good shot in, so he hit it to the left side of the green. This guy had a 67-foot tire. He takes his putter, and he looks down at the putter, and I know, he, and I know exactly what's about to happen. Because he, he's, I thought he was going to go up there just two putt, you know, because he's one of the top players in the world. He takes that putter, he bangs it, and he hits it. Now, I'm, I'm watching the ball closely, and I'm watching from the side of the camera from where he's putting. It's coming down the line, coming down the line, coming down the line, coming down the line, coming down the line. And all of a sudden, it gets down that hill, and it's starting heading towards the hole. The second it hit that stick and dropped in, my heart just dropped. And I was just, I was just crying after that because I wanted DJ to win so badly, and then he he ended up missing that thirty footer, which could have extended the hole by just about a foot, and that really ticked me off. And but I, and then so basically that was one of my things. I was like, well, maybe DJ may you know choke this, and John Rahm may win because he was heading in as the lead uh, as the FedEx Cup leader, and he was going in at ten under par when John Rahm was going in at eight under. And I had my doubts about DJ because, as we all know, if you watch the PGA Tour for the, for like a long time, for 10-plus years, 
or 20 plus years up to this day, you know DJ does not have a very good record with uh, 54 hole leads, um, especially in majors. Especially in majors, he's always um, he's always choked. But the one thing I liked about him is he never it was never it never bothered him. He always looked back at the positives. And he said before the tournament started that he had to win this. He had to win the tournament. And I didn't think he needed to win. I just thought he was a Hall of Famer right there. But I always will kept question: this guy needs a FedEx Cup because that that way it sort of sort of asserts himself as the uh, top dog on the PGA Tour. And so he went out there and he hit. In the first two days, I didn't think he was going to make it. Um, he shot three under par uh, through the week. Uh, for the first, I mean, for the, for the first two days, and he wasn't making many putts. He wasn't driving the golf ball very well, good at all. Um, which was which is one of his strengths, if you know Dustin Johnson very well. And then that third day, it was just like a rerun of the last few tournaments. All the putts were going in. Every single shot was just a big fade. And I just thought, and he cruised to a five shot lead hanging in today. And then I was like, okay, now I think this guy has a chance. And he goes up there, and he struggled. He actually got to a very good start to the first few holes. I was actually glad he got to 22 under. And then for some reason, he couldn't stay accurate. He couldn't even get get on the green, or he couldn't put the ball inside three feet. And then he started making some bogeys, and then he got to the back. I, was, I had to go practice. I didn't watch the rest of the tournament until it got to the 18th hole. And then I saw where he had three feet for birdie on 18 to win the tournament by three shots. He drew it right in there, and that's when I knew he was backup champion. But like I said, I was very happy for him. Um, I know this is a tournament that he wanted to win. I know it's a, a cup that he wanted to win. And like I said, because that guy deserves, especially through all the hard work he's put in, especially now that he's a Hall of Famer. And just, and I think, he may do something special when it comes to major time. I think it, he's gonna actually going to do something. Um, he's actually going to win two majors this year. That That's what I think. I don't know. I'm not putting any spoilers out there, but he's looking very good, especially heading down to the majors. Yeah. Well, uh, definitely his game's looking good right now. For me, in my opinion, I think DJ just – and I don't know this. I don't – I haven't been – I haven't really taken a deep look at his swing, uh, compare like a swing comparison. But for me, I just think everybody on tour is a good golfer, right? right. If you're top 300 in the world, which isn't even on PGA Tour, you are an incredible golfer. So, and golf is, I mean, as much as somebody like me who is a perfectionist, as much as I hate to say it, golf is a game of luck. It really is. There are so many different things that can happen. You can, if you hit it in the fairway, it could shoot way down the fairway and give you a long drive, or it could kick right and leave you a terrible lie. I mean, so I honestly feel like DJ had some really bad luck in July. Wasn't necessarily hitting the ball that bad, um, and then just rebounded with a lot of good luck these past couple of weeks. And I could be wrong, but I I don't see it being long lived. Like I don't see it I don't see him continuously shooting these really low rounds um a month from now. 
I think he's kind of in a, a state where maybe his swing is just everything's together and he doesn't have to focus on really one thing right now. But as any golfer will tell you, it doesn't stay that way. Eventually something will, something will happen. And I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not in no way comparing uh, DJ to Tiger, but I'm sure people were saying the same thing, like what I'm saying right now of Tiger in 2000 and Tiger didn't slow down till 2008. So I, I just, I don't see DJ um, continuously shooting these 60, 64 um, and just keeping it really low. I just think he got lucky and I could be wrong. Um, but that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and you're in town too. I, and I know that this is – I believe that Dustin's really playing good right now, and I know it's not going to last forever. But luckily, because he's 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 actually – he's not once in a lifetime, but he's one of the best um, of this de- – of the de- of the last decade, and especially now in this decade. And we're lucky we're actually catching him in his prime. And um, I, I, I love watching the guy, um, but I know especially now it's not going to last forever. And I hope he can at least win a few more majors to tack on and just you know, to actually give him more assertiveness and then as, as one of the game's best. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you enjoy our podcast, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to us. Um, it actually does help us out a lot. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a topic, or you yourself uh, want to be a guest with me and Landry, you can go on uh, Instagram at the Perfect Par Podcast and send us a private message or email us. Our email is theperfectpar at gmail.com. Until next time, hit bombs, hit pins, and make the perfect par. Mm-hmm.